Good, wonderful Sunday morning, everyone. I'm so glad to see all your smiling faces. Even though if you've got a mask on, I know you're smiling underneath it. If you feel like me this morning, I'm excited to be here. I'm always excited to be here. And then Sunday school this morning, the Spirit just kind of took over what I was doing. And I told the kids, I said, already said I was getting Pentecostal with them back there. And uh, I said, I told the kids, I said, I always teach in a, in a way, but said, but when I when I get in when I when I when what I want to do and what God wants to do just lines up perfectly, the Spirit takes over and it can, I could just went on for hours in there, and uh, but they would not have appreciated that very well considering they're uh, elementary school age kids and uh, they don't want to hear me talk for hours. But I'm glad to be here and I hope everyone else is. We have just a few announcements as we get started. Just a reminder that the Transportation Committee and the Building and Grounds Committee will meet right after church today. And uh, so if you're on those committees, uh, stick around and look out for your chairperson. And uh, they, I'm sure it'll be a brief meeting. They'll have you out of here by 3. And uh, you can get a, a nice a meal between lunch and, bre- lunch and supper. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, don't forget Saturday. I'm excited. Uh, we start our men's, our community breakfast that the Baptist men put on every month, and we start that back this Saturday, May the 1st. That's another thing. It's hard to believe it's already May. If you're a kid or a school teacher, you know that there are 25 days left of school, right, Tasha? That's right. So we know these things. And I hear Bruce shouting up in there. He's He's shouting for joy up in there. So, so this year is flying by. It's pretty amazing how fast time flies. So, um, and don't forget that our Wednesday night services, we have our youth and our children, we meet at around 6.30. Out in the building, we have a prayer time, and then we break up into our groups, and uh, they have Bible study in here. Don't forget that. Uh, other than that, I just want to invite you to worship with us as we get ready to turn to our Savior and just force everything else that's going on in the world. It's such a busy place. So many things going on. I invite you. I want to encourage you to push all those things to the back of your mind and focus solely on God this morning. Because you never know, if you sit down and you're ready to listen, what He's got in store for you. So just uh, enjoy the service. Good morning. I hope everyone's doing well. Thank you, Chad, for those announcements. Um, You guys ever have one of those days where it seems like everything just keeps going crazy on you? You, Rick Rick says me. Every once in a while. um, We've got a lot of prayer requests. I'm going to share one. Um, got a message from my sister this morning. Her and my brother-in-law, Rick, have been sick for several weeks. And they finally broke down and went, got a hold of their doctor, um, had a video appointment with their doctor this past week, um, told my brother-in-law to go to an ER urgent care type place. They diagnosed him with pneumonia in his left lung. Um, his leg had been hurting. The doctor felt of it, said there was nothing, no blood clot or anything. It, it didn't meet the, what they would normally see with a blood clot. Started him on some high-powered antibiotics. Well, last night... My sister had to take him back to the ER, and they did tests and everything. He has got blood clots in both lungs. Um, So he did have a blood clot in his leg um, that was missed. They gave him, um, started him on blood thinner, and sent him home. So uh, please be in prayer for uh, Rick Tisdale, my brother-in-law, and my sister Becky they are the ones that have more children than Ginger and I. Um, their oldest is 24, 25, something like that. 
and their youngest is five or six, excuse me. They keep getting older, and I keep forgetting how old everybody is. But uh, they've got eight children total. So uh, please be in prayer for them as they continue to, to recover. Also, continue to pray for Ralph Elliott. Ralph has uh, throat cancer. So please continue to pray for him. And then pray for Mike and Peggy McCright. Mike and Peggy are here this morning. But uh, Peggy, you know, had an MRI and she's waiting on results. She gets, should get that tomorrow and um, decide, make a decision. The surgeon will help her make a decision on what to do about her hip, whether or not she needs to have surgery or not. Um, but if you notice, Peggy's using the cane to get around a little bit too right now. And then pray for Mike also. Mike um, has what they're calling a dissection. Is that what you said, Peggy? Dissection of an artery. Basically, he has a rip in one of his arteries. And so he has to follow up with his doctor and determine what the course of action is there. So pray for Mike and Peggy both right now. Um, and then Stephen Collins, Sandra's brother. Sandra is not here today. She left Thursday. Her and Whitey did. Teresa is also not here today. She is there in Durham as well. Um, we were able to announce Wednesday night. Those of you that don't know, Stephen's leukemia is back, and he is very quickly declining. Um, Sandra told us Wednesday that his decision to do this treatment where Sandra donated the bone marrow and they, they did transplant and, and, and treated him was he knew there was a chance it would not work on him, but he wanted to go ahead and do it anyway because what they could learn from him doing this could possibly help someone in the future. Sandra said that he is going very quickly. He is uh, sleeping a lot, and when he is awake, he's hallucinating. And, uh, but he, when he is awake, he's wanting to sing. And he's singing hymns and praise and worship songs. Said his voice is very weak. Said Whitey and her brother-in-law helped lift him up yesterday so he could sit up and sing and they sang song after song after song so just be in prayer for that family as well also pray for lisa murray and her family um, many of you know that lisa's cousin was shot in a drive-by shooting and, and killed um, well his mother found out the week after he he died that she had cancer, and she passed away this past week. And so this, within a matter of two weeks, she's lost her aunt and her cousin. So be in prayer for their family, and um, just pray for our nation. Pray for our church as we continue to seek to serve God. And I'm going to tell you, there's many people in our government right now that want Christians to sit down and shut up. And I'm going to tell you, because of the power of Jesus Christ and the strength of the Holy Spirit, I will never lead you to sit down and shut up. I want our church to stand up and shout from the rooftop that Jesus Christ saves lives. And he is our savior and he is the answer to all of our problems. He is the answer if we truly sell out 100% to Jesus Christ. If we totally commit to be his disciples and live as his disciples, he is the answer to the racial divide in our, in our country right now. Because I keep going back to a song by DC Talk. Black sheep, white sheep, or even swirled, God watches over all the sheep of the world. 
And I'm going to tell you that when we get to heaven and we join in singing with all the saints that have been redeemed, there are going to be people there of every nation, every color, every size, every shape. And if we're going to be together there, we need to get together down here. And God is the and Jesus Christ is the only one that's going to be able to heal that void. He is the only one that's going to be able to heal. We need to get past all of these political divisions. And Jesus Christ is the only one that's going to be able to do that. He is the answer to our problems. And so I will never tell you to sit down and be quiet. I'm going to tell you to shout as loud as you possibly can that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that it's his blood that saves us. And church, we need to do that. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be strong. And as we start our service today, I want us to focus on him. And I want us to listen to what he has to say to us today through the songs, through the children's message. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm getting as much out of the children's message, messages as the children do. And that I pray that he speaks through me today as I open his word. So at this time, please join me in prayer as we open our service together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you, humbly bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, we have come together today to join together. We may not be from the same places. We may not even have the same amount of money. We may not even believe everything the same way. But dear Lord, we are here today to worship you and to praise the name of Jesus. And dear Lord, we ask you to be with all these names that I have mentioned today. Dear Lord, each and every one of them need you to come and need you to fill the rooms that they're in. And they need to fill your power and your presence. Dear Lord, they need you to work a miracle in their lives. And we ask you to do that right now. And dear Lord, I ask you that as we join together in your house this morning, that your spirit moves among your people. That we will do business with you today. That we will allow the power of the Holy Spirit to move in us and to change us and empower us to be your witnesses. Dear Lord, I pray for our leaders in government right now. Lord, I thank you for the ones that know you as their Savior and that are not ashamed to say that. Lord, I pray for them. Give them strength to stand courageously in the presence of opposition. And dear Lord, for those that don't know you, I pray that your Holy Spirit convicts them that they... breaks their hearts so that you may show them a better way. Dear Lord, as we seek to continue to serve you, I ask you to protect us. That you strengthen us. That we may continue to shout your name. And dear Lord, help us to be not just hearers of the word, but doers also. So that we will not just be Christians here within these walls, but when we go out from this place, that we will live a life that is exemplary of Jesus Christ our Savior. And dear Lord, I ask you right now 
that you open our hearts and our ears so that we may receive your word today. And dear Lord, I pray that everything that we do and say will be to your honor and glory. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. Good morning. We are uh, at a song we're going to we're going to lead you in singing this morning. It's uh, in our hymnal. It's page number one fifty one. It's called "The Way of the Cross Leads Home," and just right down below that heading, it says from Matthew sixteen verse twenty four, "He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me." The key is denying yourself and striving and working toward whatever God wants you to be, and just talking to him about it. But this song is about the way of the cross is the way to get there. So if you would, please, if you'd like, you can use page 151 in the hymnal, or the words will be on the, we're going to sing the first verse and the third verse. So would you stand, please? amazing to me the way the Spirit of God works and that how I can come in here ready to say one thing and it started with Sunday school I said I walked in this morning and I started teaching Uh, I really didn't know I was going to be teaching and the Lord just took over and just guided me and and I still have the same object that I'm going to use for a lesson but I switched to a different verse because this morning we started talking about the Holy Spirit and how Jesus promised his disciples the Holy Spirit and I I pointed out to the kids that they in Sunday school that they were sitting there staring up at heaven and I can only imagine like some of us were like me as goofy as I am I'd be sitting up staring up to heaven going as Jesus is going out, as Jesus's body is taken off up into heaven, and uh, they're gonna sit around like what? And then the those angels appeared and said, "What are you doing? Why are you standing here?" And uh, Jesus gave them instructions, and their instructions was to go out into the world after they received the Holy Spirit and share the gospel with everyone they come in contact with. And it made me think about this. That lineman asked me why I was carrying around all morning. You're going to find out.
calls us to carry and to walk out into the world and share the gospel with everyone else. And that is what I try to teach these kids to do at the youngest of age is to go out and share the gospel. And I'm not saying go out and go preach on the streets and be street preachers. That's not how we talked about this morning in Sunday school, sharing the gospel. I told them it started by loving God. And it was continued on by loving the ones that we come in contact with. If we don't carry the joy and the love that God gives us, we, don't, we leave that in our box until Sunday. And we go out and do our mundane Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we don't smile at people. We don't talk to people. We don't love people. We're not doing what the gospel says, tells us to do. In Colossians chapter 2, I about said 2 Colossians. So, um, verses 6 and 7, it says, As you, therefore, have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted up and built in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. We are told to go out and take what God gives us, what we learn, take the love and the spirit that God provided for us, take that out into the world and share it with everyone we come in contact with. Now, I'm not expecting a four-year-old or a five-year-old to go up and start preaching the gospel to someone on the street. Because at three and four and five, they're just beginning to understand what the gospel is. But they are so innocent and sweet at that age. And if we, if we teach them and show them the love, and they carry love to other people out into the street, it just, I, I told them, I told the Sunday school class I was this morning, I see God in each one of their faces. And I said, Jimbo, I even see God in your face. Not paying any attention back there. Um, but God loves us and He wants us to go out into the uh, out into the world and share the gospel. Because the, the disciples weren't looking up, wondering when he was going to come back. Because he did promise he would come back. But he didn't tell us to wait in our rooms, keeping it from everyone else. He told us to go out into the world and share it with everyone he did. And that's what we're going to talk about with the kids when we go to children's church. And that is also what I encourage teenagers and adults to do, is to walk out of this door today ready to share the gospel in their actions and in their attitudes to everyone they come in contact with. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Now have the kids line up in the back. God, thank you so much for this day, for each one of uh, us who are allowed to come out this morning. Thank you for the, the many number of kids that we have building up on Sunday mornings again, Lord. I'm just so thankful and grateful for that. As we go out to the Children's Church, Lord, I just pray that you continue to, to work and to, to allow the Holy Spirit to pour down over, over all of us. And the same thing in here, Lord, during your sermon, during, during the sermon that you've prepared for all of you this morning to share. But we love you and we praise you and thank you for all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Chad, before I get started, I need to ask you guys a question. Are there things that you're afraid of in your life? You guys are sitting there just like Chad said Jimbo was sitting there. You're just sitting there just like. You know, one of the big fears in my life is I'm afraid of dentists. I have been since I was in elementary school. It is a fear that is real to me. And it's a big fear in my life, but it's not a debilitating fear. The fear that I'm talking about is, 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 is there something going on in your life right now that just downright terrifies you? I have one of those also. It's the fear of failure. And it's the fear that keeps me up at night sometimes. It's the fear that Satan takes 
and he plays mind games with me. Because I am afraid of failing as a husband, as a father, and as a pastor. And there are times that I'll be sitting in there and say, I am so far over my head. I don't know what to do next. So I just stop. It could be the fear. I'm also afraid of losing my parents. I talk to my mom and dad every single day. And I know that I'm getting closer and closer to the time that I'm not going to be able to pick up my phone and call them. I'm not going to be able to ask my dad advice. I am not going to be able to talk to my mom just to hear her voice. Does anybody else have fears like that? I know I'm not the only one. Those are what's called giants in your life. Those are things that we deal with. Each and every one of us deal with fears that, of that size that can literally stop us in our tracks. I remember as a child, thanks Doug (laughs) I remember as a child my dad telling me to do something he would tell me to take the trash out or go get something out of the car after dark oh I was scared to death Don't, I didn't want to, so, so I just didn't move. And he would do just like the angels did that Chad was talking about a second ago. Why are you still standing here? Go do what I told you to do. Man, I'd flip on every light I could find on my way out the door. Every outside door, I'd grab a flashlight. I would run as fast as my chubby little legs could take me. Do what I was told to do and get back inside and slam that door and lock it and turn and, and go, huh, huh, huh. These giants do that same exact thing. God's wanting you to do something, but Satan keeps bringing up these giants that are before you so you don't do anything. You just stand there. Church, we're in a time in our lives where we have to get past our giants. Get past the fear of what might be to do what God has told us to do and do what can be. Okay? So today, we're going to talk about, I'm going to share with you how to defeat your giants. And if you would turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to be going all through this this chapter And in this story, this is the story of David and Goliath. But I'm going to read one verse to start off with. And this is the key to our sermon today. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. So if you would stand as I read this, it will be on the screen. And this is what Samuel writes. He says, and he took his stick in his hand. And chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, even his pouch. And his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we come before you right now, we all have giants in our lives that seem to be undefeatable. But dear Lord, as I share your word today and share truths from your word, help us, give us the strength to beat those giants that are before us so that we may serve you in all boldness. And it's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So today, I'm going to share with you five stones 
that you can use to defeat your giants. And the first stone is this. It's commitment. Look at what it says in verse 32 of chapter 17. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fall on account of him. Talking about the giant. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. You see, David was obedient. David had been serving in the field watching his father's sheep. And his older brothers had all had gone with King Saul, who the Bible says was head and, ta- and shoulders taller than any other person in the land. Saul was not a small man. He was bigger than anybody else. That's why he was chosen to be king, because he looked like a king. But here little David was, 13 years old or so. He is guarding his father's sheep, and his father calls him and says, Hey, take these supplies to your brothers at the line. So he gathers up all the stuff that his dad tells to take. He goes to, to the encampment. And when he gets there, he finds everybody hiding. Everybody scared. And he sees this giant Philistine come out all decked head to toe in his armor cursing them, calling them names, threatening them, and challenging anyone to come and fight him. And they are so afraid. Even King Saul is hiding in his tent. And David's like, why are you just standing here? Go fight him. And he could not imagine that they they were so scared that they couldn't do anything. So he says, you guys can beat him. And his brother comes and tells him to be quiet and sit down. And the king hears about it. And so he's talking to King Saul. And he says, King says, there's nobody going to fight him. He says, listen, you guys don't need to be afraid of him. Don't be downhearted. You don't have to hide because I will go fight him. David was totally committed from the get-go. He was willing to do whatever he could to accomplish what was before him. Defeating your giant, whatever it is, has to start with a determination that you're going to do whatever is necessary. But it's not just a commitment to facing that, it's a commitment... To fight for God. You have to be committed 100% to God. You have to be totally sold out. That you're willing to face whatever obstacle comes in your way. That you can defend. But there starts with a commitment. 100% sold out. Commitment. The second stone is courage. See, in verse 37, David again is talking to the king. And the king tells him there's no way that he can beat him. There's no way that he can beat Goliath, the giant. 
And in verse 37, it says this, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. No one can ever accuse David of not having courage. But I want you to know, notice right there, that David's courage was not necessarily only in his own ability. But where did his courage lie? What is the first words he says? The Lord. Church, that is where our courage lies. Our courage lies in the fact that God Himself is with us. In Joshua chapter 1, we read time and time again where He says, Be strong and courageous. I, am, I will never leave you. I am with you. And in fact, Paul writes these words, If God is for us, who can stand against us? David's courage. Yes, he had the courage to stand up. And he had the courage to go. But his courage was not in himself or his abilities. His courage was in the fact that God had already proven himself to him and he was ready for him to prove himself again. It was the same courage that kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from bending that knee. It was the same courage that they had when they told King Nebuchadnezzar, King, we don't have to answer you in regards to this because our God is able to, to, uh, to save us from your fire. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bend our knee. And guess who met him in the fire? The Bible says that the one walking around had the appearance of the Son of Man. Jesus Christ Himself met those three in the fire because He was their courage. That is how you beat your giants. It's knowing that God will fight the battle for you. And then the third stone is communication. I don't have these verses. on the screen, but I want to read this to you. Verses 41 through 44. When David comes out to face Goliath, says this, Then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. Just a kid. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you may come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the fields. Goliath was playing mind games with him. Goliath was telling him lies. He was cursing him. And if you notice in the Bible, it says he was cursing him by his gods. He was cursing him. Goliath was cursing David with his, the names of his own gods. Little G. Little G. I'm going to tell you something, church. 
What would have happened if he would have bought into those lies? There are a lot of lies that are being told by Satan, by those that want us to be quiet. Listen, I hear them all the time. When I start listening to them, there becomes a problem. When I start buying into those, I become debilitated. I can't do anything. I can't function when I buy into those lies. I feel helpless when I listen to what I am being told. And that's exactly where Satan wants us. He wants us to sit down. He wants us to shut up. He doesn't want us to move. He doesn't want us to function. And so he fills us with these lies. And we get them from everywhere. But I want you to notice the communication that comes back to him from David in verses 45 and 40 through 47. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you, and I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver my sword or or by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. He communicates truth. And truth will always outshine the lies. You know, the problem with lies is this. That a lie always changes. And you have to remember who you tell what to. You know, if I tell Ginger one thing and I tell Joanne something different and then I tell Joe something totally different, I've got to keep straight in my mind who I told what. But the truth never changes. And if I say the truth, I don't have to remember who I told what because the story is the same all the time. And so when Goliath comes at David, he's shouting all this stuff at him and he's trying to intimidate him and he's trying to make him afraid. And he's trying to defeat him even before the battle takes place. David comes right back with him. And he says, I don't come at you. You come at me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Church, when Satan starts spouting his lies to you, telling you that you're not good enough, telling you you can't do, you need to spout right back at him and say, I am a child of the King. And God goes before me and I can do whatever He tells me to do. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Because Satan tried to beat Jesus. He thought he had him beat. He had him crucified, had him buried, and he was in the tomb. Satan was having a good old time. He was dancing. He was shouting. He was having a downright party until something happened that he never saw coming. And that was that stone began to move. And the light began to shine. And Jesus got up and walked out of that grave. And He is alive today. And we have that same power 
adopted by Jesus Christ, joint heirs with Jesus, children of the Most High living God, we have that same authority, we have that same power that we can look at Satan and say, you are a liar and you need to get out of my way because God has told me to move. And then the fourth stone, capability. First Samuel 17, verses 39 through 40. David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk. Remember, King Saul gave David his own armor. So here's this 13-year-old boy putting on the armor of a grown man. And he tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag with, with, which he had even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. See, David was a very inexperienced soldier. He had not been trained to use the armor, the swords. He didn't know how to use those things. And so if you looked at him, you knew right away he was not a soldier. But all the time that he had spent in the fields with those sheep. I am sure that he got very good with that piece of leather that he was using to sling rocks. You know, I would, when, I was, when our kids were younger, I would take them hunting with me and take them up into the street tree stand. Oh, that's rough. Up and down, moving side to side, talking so loud. I'm bored. When are we going home? You see anything yet? Just back and forth all the time. I'm thinking there's no way in the world we're going to see anything. But he was back, they're back and forth. They were bored. They wanted to play stuff. So when cell phones came out, you know, the ones that you could play games and stuff on, I would turn the sound down, I would give it to them, and they would sit there and play on the phone, and they were quiet. But they would get bored just sitting there. I can imagine this 13-year-old boy out in the field watching his sheep. They didn't have cell phones back then. So he played with the only thing that he had, his sling and little rocks. And I am sure he got lots of practice. So he was confident in the capabilities that he had. And so when it came time to face Goliath, and he was given the tools to do the job, he didn't know how to use them. He couldn't use them. So what did he do? He went back to the capabilities that he had. And he used what he had used before. And he used the tools of a shepherd to beat the giant. Church, I'm going to tell you this. Every single one of us, God has given us certain tools he has not given us all the same abilities. But He has gifted us in different ways. And He wants to use those gifts, those skills, those capabilities that He has given you to His honor and glory. He's not asking you to do something 
that He has not qualified you to do. But we have to remember this. God used a shepherd boy to defeat the mightiest Philistine warrior that existed. A shepherd. He didn't call David to do that job because he was qualified to do it. He called David to do it. And then gave him the power to do it. Church, there are going to be times that God calls you to do something that you think there's no way possible that you could do. That you don't have the skills, you don't have the right set of abilities to accomplish what He's wanting you to accomplish. But I'm going to tell you this, all God wants you to do is be available to Him. Allow Him to work in you and He will use what you've got to accomplish what He's got set before you. And that's one of the biggest giants we have to overcome in our life is we think we can't when we need to say, God can. That's how you defeat a giant is by saying, I will use what I've got and give it to God and let God do what He can with it. Just like that little boy that went to hear Jesus speak and had his little sack lunch. He gave it to the disciples and Jesus took it and did more with it than anybody ever expected. Fed thousands of people with a little sack lunch. And then the fifth stone is the stone of confidence. 1 Samuel 17, 47-49 And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put in his, hand, his hand into the bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead and the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Confidence. Confidence that God is going to do exactly what He says He's going to do. Confidence that we believe that God is going to do exactly what He says He's going to do. Let me tell you, when I was growing up, we had a pool. Growing up in Florida, almost everybody had a pool. And... My mom was scared to death that my little brother was going to get out there and fall in that pool and drown. So before he could even walk, my mom had him in that pool. Teaching him how to swim. Teaching him how to turn over on his back so that he could float. Teaching him everything. And then my dad would sit out there or my mom would sit out there with my brother up on the, the deck of the pool. And they would be in the water and they would try to get him to jump. And at first he wouldn't jump. But they would get him to jump and when they, he realized, hey, they're going to be there to catch me. He would just keep jumping and they would keep catching. 
And he became more and more confident. And he, that fear left him. Church, I'm going to tell you something. God says, I'm going to be there to catch you. All I want you to do is jump. That giant that's in your life right now, he's wanting to intimidate you. He's wanting to, to, to kill your faith. He's wanting you to sit down and be quiet. He's not wanting you to move. We have all been there. We all deal with those fears, those giants in our lives that want to keep us from being who God has created us to be. But to beat that giant, we have to be confident that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. He has done it time and time again. Church, I'm going to tell you. Five years ago, I would have never even dreamed that I would be a pastor of a church, that I would be up here preaching every Sunday. In my mind, I keep being told, there's no way you can do it. You can't do it. You're not good enough. Church, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot better preachers. And when I compare myself to them, you're right, I can't do it. But there was one voice that was louder than all the rest of them. And that was the voice of God telling me, trust me. I've got you. You can do this. And church, the only way I've been able to do this is because of God and Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. God beat that giant. Now there's others standing in the way wanting to stop us. Each and every one of us. All we have to do is be confident that He's going to do what He says He's going to do. Church and society today, I've already said it, I said it at the beginning of the service, there are those that want the church to shut the doors. They want us to shut up and sit down and leave society alone. That is a major giant. I had the opportunity to go with Bruce and Andy to hear our Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson speak this past week. And I'm going to tell you something. Whether or not you like him, I, I, I don't care. First words out of his mouth when he got up to speak, and this was at the Don Gibson Theater, first words out of Mark Robinson's mouth was, I want to thank Jesus Christ for saving my soul. And then he, 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 he talked a lot of political stuff. He, had just, he was late getting there because he had, had gone to Washington, D.C. to testify before Congress on a new voter ID bill that's be, trying to be passed that would strip states of their right to control their own elections and put everything in the hands of the federal government. He went to testify, so he was late getting there. But the first words out of his mouth was giving praise to his Savior, Jesus Christ. And he held no qualms about telling people about it. And he said this, that the greatest tool that the enemy has is fear. And that's what is being done, is, is that Christians are being scared to death to stand up and say anything because they're afraid of being labeled. They're afraid of being uh, carted off. And then he said, the only way that we're going to be able to do this 
is by putting God first in our country again. And then he did something that I never imagined would ever happen at a political function. He said there's two, th- two answers to our problem. The first is we need to get to know God. And the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Him, I want you guys to come up here right now and I'll be more than happy to tell you how to get to know Jesus. He gave an invitation at a political function. And then the second thing He said, He said the second thing we need to do is once we know Jesus Christ, the second thing we need to do is we need to fall on our face and we need to ask God what it is He wants us to do. And then we need to get up and do it. Church, I'm going to tell you the same thing. If we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, He has got a plan for us. He has got a job for us to do. We need to fall down on our face. We need to seek Him and ask Him what it is that He wants us to do. And then when we find out what that is, we need to get up and do it, regardless of what's standing against us. Fear is crippling. Those giants in our life are crippling. We're all dealing with them. Sandra's got them in her life right now with her brother Stephen. Mike and Peggy have them in their lives right now. My brother-in-law and sister have them in their life. We have fears. We're dealing with parents that are getting older. All of us. We're dealing with sickness. We're dealing with with jobs. We're dealing with money. We're dealing with children. There are a lot of things that could keep us from moving forward. But the whole time, God is sitting there telling us, I've got this. Let me take care of it. Trust me. I want to remind you of that Veggie tale song. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla and the monsters on TV. God is bigger than the boogeyman. And He's watching over you and me. Oh, that's so theologically correct. My God is a big, big God. And there's nothing He can't do. And He has chosen to use us. Don't let the giants win. Don't buy into the lies that you're being told. Don't let Satan keep you from moving because he's using fear to keep you still. Now this is your chance right now. This short time to respond to what God is telling you to do. And I'm going to give you the same invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't know Him truly, then come up here and I'll tell you how to do it. If you don't want to come up here, go to somebody sitting next to you and ask them. I am sure that there's people sitting here in this this auditorium right now that would be more than happy to tell you how to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're watching online and you don't know that you know Jesus Christ, send a private message to to the, the, the page. Somebody will respond and we will be more than happy to talk to you about how to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But don't leave this service today without having that one nailed down. And then there's something that God's wanting you to do. You can come to the altar and pray about it. You can pray where you are. But this is your chance to do that business with God. Whatever He is telling you to do, do it now. Would you stand please while we sing our hymn of invitation, trust and obey. It's on page 447. If you'd like to look in your Bible, let me see you in your hymnal. And we'll, uh, we'll sing praises to you. Thank you.
That when you leave this place, you guys are actually going onto the mission field. Be the disciples that God has called you to be. Be disciples that make disciples. Also, don't forget Wednesday night, 6.30. And then next Saturday at 7 a.m., we're having our breakfast sponsored by the Baptist men. Everybody's invited to come. We hope to see you there. I know... uh, Apparently, there's a message going around the sheriff's department and all, a lot of guys that, are, that come, they're looking forward to it. The sheriff told us the other night that he was going to be here for that. So that's a good thing that people are talking about it in the community. So we invite everybody to come and be part of that on Saturday. And don't forget, Mother's Day's coming up. Mother's Day's coming up. Don't forget about that. And as we end our service together, I'm going to ask Doug if he would mind dismissing us in prayer. And let us pray. Father, thank you for the time that we can come into this church. Come into your house, Lord, and hear a message about fear and also about trust and how we can dump all those weights.